Welcome to the OKC First Church of the Nazarene podcast. At OKC First, we are learning to do three things. Friendship with God, friendship with one another, and open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. Thank you. You may be seated. Thanks, Brandon. I want to take a few moments and introduce our our preacher this morning, Dr. Gerard Tashton. Dr. Tashton is our pastor of our Word and Table congregation that meets faithfully each week in our parlor at 8.30. I think Dr. Tashton is going to be preaching from the psalm, the sermon that he preached this morning for our Word and Table congregation. And so I think that you may hear that scripture again next week as we will continue our sermon series in Lent. Pastor John will be preaching through Lent, and this painting will be the backdrop. This painting is by Cody Raines. How about a round of applause for this painting? Thanks, Cody, for that, and you'll hear more about that in the coming weeks, but we're looking forward to walking through these days towards the cross and the resurrection, these number of weeks of Lent, and so we're grateful for all your participation in our Ash Wednesday service, and we would love for you to continue to come having that posture of open-handedness, examining your life in light of Christ as we move towards Christ-likeness, but we're excited to hear from Dr. Tashton this morning. He is brilliant, he is wonderful, and we are glad he is part of our pastoral team. So please give a big round of applause for Dr. Gerard Tashton as he speaks for us this morning. I don't usually get an applause in word and table, (laughs) but thank you. This morning you will hear a homily. What is a homily? It's a sermon, but about half long. (laughs) Um, As I was uh, walking down the hallway to the parlor to start the word and table service, Pastor John stopped me and wanted to talk to me. I could barely hear him. And so he asked me if I could preach twice this morning. So this morning, you will be hearing a message from Psalm 32. Since that psalm wasn't read, would you join me as, we, as I read the psalm and make that a prayer? Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. When I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. 
You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, else it will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. The word of the Lord. On this first Sunday of Lent, we will focus our thoughts on this psalm. This psalm is considered one of the penitential psalms, one of the seven penitential psalms in the book of Psalms. A penitential psalm is a psalm of repentance in which the psalmist asks God for forgiveness for sins. And yet, this particular psalm is a little different from other penitential psalms in that the content of the psalm is not so much about confession of sins as it is about the beautiful outcome that resulted after the psalmist had confessed, had done the confessing. Sometime in the past, the psalmist celebrates the liberating power of honest confession, the gift of forgiveness, and the joy of being released from guilt. We have begun the season of Lent. It is a somber time. The color is purple. And in our word and table service, we have less music. It's a time of introspection, self-examination, confession, fasting, self-sacrifice. Traditionally, the Lenten season was a time of preparation for new converts to be prepared to be admitted into the church, to be received into the church on Easter or the Easter Vigil. So yes, Lent is a solemn time in the Christian year. But let's not presume that it is a time to get depressed, to despair, and to feel dejected. It's no wonder that the lectionary has chosen Psalm 32 for this first Sunday of Lent. Notice the celebratory tone of the opening lines of the psalm. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven. 
Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity. Now that word happy, it's what uh, has been traditionally translated blessed or blessed. Granted that nowadays happy might be more understandable than blessed. Although more and more, I'm hearing cashiers in grocery stores tell me to have a blessed day as I leave. So maybe the word blessed is getting back into our vocabulary. To be blessed means that someone with a capital S is blessing you. When our transgression has been forgiven, we have been blessed by God. And so during this season of Lent, we are being called to be honest before God and not hide or cover up what needs to be brought out into the open before God. As modern psychologists can tell us, something happens to us whether in mind, body, or spirit, when we find devious ways to be dishonest with ourselves, with others, and with God. The psalmist says, while I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. But then when he brought things out, into the open before God, what happened? He says, you, God, forgave the guilt of my sin. You are a hiding place for me. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. In his uh, provocative little book, The Message of the Psalms, Walter Brueggemann, one of my favorite Old Testament scholars, says this in his comments on Psalm 32. Guilt can be destructive. It is in this psalm for a reason. But guilt, fully embraced and acknowledged, permits movement, a new reception of life, a new communion with God. Only then can the guilt be resolved and genuinely relinquished. There are, in the psalm, uh, the psalm asserts, there are no alternatives, no substitutes. The body will not be deceived, even as God will not be mocked. Freedom from guilt requires embracing it, and having dealt with by the mercy of God. And then moving on to bring out its relevance for our time, Brueggemann observes that this psalm leads us to the many ways in which our culture denies and suppresses and covers up our sinfulness. There are various ways that our culture does this, 
and our culture creates idols. Consumerism, materialism, nationalism, racism, tribalism, you name it. But of course, our culture does not call these idol-making. It gives it other names as a cover-up. It calls it competence, success, prosperity, achievement, self-worth, the good life, happiness, being in control, and what have you. The psalmist has found a way to freedom, the only way to freedom, by acknowledging his guilt and yielding himself to God. And then he, I assume he, it could be she, he or she shares this new freedom with others. He or she admonishes others not to be stubborn as a mule that must be curbed with bit and bridle. Maybe there are people who think it's better to be like a mule who never knows guilt and never has to deal with it. But there are consequences to that kind of mindset. Many are the torments of the wicked, the psalmist says. But there is another way, the way to freedom and deliverance and joy. As the songwriter Haldor Lillinus said it a generation or two ago, I have found a deep peace that I never had known and a joy this world could not afford since I yielded control of my body and soul to my wonderful, wonderful Lord. The values of our society orients us to being in control. But Psalm 32 calls us to a life that is yielded to God. When we quit hiding behind fake facades and flimsy excuses and false pretenses and open ourselves before God in all honesty and humility, then we can say with the psalmist, you, my God, are a hiding place for me. And I might add, the only hiding place for me worth having. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. When we open our palms and yield things to God's hand, in a strange and beautiful way, God grants us deliverance, freedom, and fullness of life. And so this morning, we approach the table of the Lord with palms up, with open hands. 
and put it all before God and receive what God has prepared for us. Those of you who are serving us, please come and prepare the table of the Lord for us. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Almighty God, in, rem in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again, Hosanna in the highest. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. In a moment, you will be invited to exit to your left, come down with your hands cupped, and receive a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and eat right then and there. Following that, you have the opportunity to go by the baptismal font, dip your fingers in the water, and renew and remember and reenact your baptismal vow. Then find a place for prayer. The side padded altars are for those seeking healing of body, mind, or spirit. The other altars are open for all kinds of prayer. So let us now stand and exit to your le left and come forward to the table.
I'm going to be leading us in some moments of pastoral prayer, a prayer of confession, and some prayers of intercession before we continue in worship this morning. Take whatever posture of prayer is most comfortable for you. You may want to join some of those who've gathered here. You can kneel at your pew. You can stand. But let us move into these moments as we confess and as we lean on God. Jesus, we are grateful for the words in which you've given Dr. Tasha to lead us in this morning. And it's our prayer now that just as we came to the table with open hands, that God, we would come into this prayer and come into all of life with that same posture. God, we confess that at times we try to control and we do not want to yield and we approach life and the table work and relationships with a closed fist rather than an open hand that yields life and faith and work and relationships unto you. God, we confess that at times we try to find our hiding place and our happiness in many things that are not you. So in these moments, church, would you may take some time to confess and to yield in the areas that the very Spirit of God might lead you now. in prayer for a few moments for inner prayers of intercession. Church, let's pray and be grateful that Kristen Mason had a successful surgery this week, but pray for a continued recovery. Jesus, we are grateful that LaDonna Bennett was here with us this morning, greeting at her entrance. Celebrate that, but God, as a church together, would you all pray and mention the name LaDonna Bennett for, for her full healing cancer that is in her brain. Lord, we even now together pray the full healing of her body. Lord, we ask that you would come alongside June Adams, Lynn Caprero, Betty Rice. Ask that you would come alongside our friends Jim Harmon, Jerry Bell, Danita Mura. We ask God for your continued full healing of our friend Debbie McKenzie. I've mentioned many names, but there are probably names of those in your life, in your family, at your workplace, those you love that need a healing touch from God. And that again can be physical, it can be mental, emotional, spiritual. But the people in your life who you know need God, would you pray for them now?
in a season of Lent, we want to conclude our moments of prayer in some silence. And so as, as Zach brings those chords down, silence can be a little bit awkward, but we want to sit and rest this Lenten season in the very presence of God. And before we get to the Lord's Prayer, would you sit and rest in these moments of silence, listening to God? And perhaps this Lenten season, there's some moments now when you need to confess something in your life to God in these moments that will grow you closer to Christ-likeness. So rest in these moments of silence now before we pray the Lord's Prayer. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we'll use that praying debts and debtors. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.